Hi, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. Very excited to have today's guest on. Anastasia Weiss is probably, uh, you know, one of the busiest and most energetic people that I've ever known in my life. And I know some people that work really hard, but she's just constantly in motion, constantly doing a bunch of things and, and really takes responsibility for a lot of people as a teacher, as someone who owns a dance company. Uh, what she does affects a lot of people's lives. And I love her positive attitude, her just joy for what she does and spreading that to others. It, she's just one of those people that when you meet her, you just want to give her a hug like every five minutes because she's just got this wonderful energy to be around. So I'm really excited to bring you my interview with her today and hope you guys enjoy it. And let's welcome Anastasia to the show. Anastasia, how are you today? I am wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. I am so excited to have you on the show because you are probably the busiest person that I know. <laughs> You've got, you know, you're, you're a teacher during the day, you teach dance, and then you have your dance company, and then you have your oils, and then you have a husband who's incredibly active in the arts, and you have two children who are both active in the arts. How do you keep all of it together? Oh my goodness, I think I don't think about it too much. <laughs> oh, and here I've ruined it for you because now I've put it in your head. <laughs> no, I do. You know, it's funny because people ask me that, that a lot. They're like, how do you, how do you just, how do you do it? How do you juggle it all? And honestly, you just, I just do it. I, you know, I couldn't do it any other way. I am, I'm working towards doing a little bit less, mm -hmm. but um, I couldn't imagine my life without those specific things, actually, oils and dance and my family. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't see you doing it any other way either. But what amazes me is that I've never once, in all the times we've seen each other or talked, I've never seen you bummed, depressed, sad, showing signs of exhaustion. I mean, even after hours of work, you're still just bright-eyed and ready to go. Oh, thank you. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of elements of that. Um, I do, you know, I try, I would say probably sleep is my, my, the most lacking because of all the hours it takes to get through everything. But, um, I try to, with dance, I get my workout. So my energy and my body's always moving and, um, and then just eating healthy and, and of course the essential oils. I have certain things I utilize with my oils that, that help that, um, I do. It's funny because I was actually just thinking about this the other day that I was talking to a couple of people about anxiety and um, the anxiety that their kids battle and that they've battled in the past. Um, and for myself, that's something I actually I do. I do battle with anxiety. Um, yes, I do. Um, I don't talk about it a lot and people don't see it a lot, but um but I do. I, ha I fight and battle some anxiety stuff. <laughs> wow, that's it's amazing because I've you know I've seen you before. You've gone on stage for for productions, and I've seen yeah. you before. You're you know you're you're watching your students do something in front of you. I've never seen even the slightest sign of nervousness from you. I've seen excitement. I've seen you know that oh God, I hope they do well, and I hope they you know they remember all their stuff. Kind of you know angst, but I've never seen 
the slightest element of anxiety in you at all. So that's pretty shocking. Yes. I, well, it probably comes, so when I'm excited, I, the excitement of performing or that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, is a little bit of my nervousness. I usually, the anxiety comes when there's a lot going on and um, I feel it the most like go, like if I have to go shopping on the weekend, um, which happens a lot now, we sometimes have to get our groceries on the weekend. That gives me anxiety because there's so many people shopping on the weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and when you have your kids with you and you're like, because oh, I have two boys, um, which, you know, seven and ten, wonderful little guys. Um, and just like having them with me and then trying to focus on what we need from the store and there's lots of people around. So that's probably where most of my anxiety comes is just with lots of people and when there's a lot of stuff that has to be done. Uh, but I, I have a good, I like, I have good control over it. I think. <laughs> I, I think you do too. So, so that's nice. It, 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 well, of course, you know, living in Vegas, we have the luxury because most of our grocery stores, at least, are open twenty four hours, and so I tend to go around, you know, one or two in the morning, because the only people that are there are like a few random people, and then the people that are stocking the shelves. So you have a lot to maneuver around, but you don't have that mass yeah. of people to deal with. Yet, if I go on a Sunday afternoon, yeah, that's just a, a stress fest for me. That that's way too many people, and the aisles are not big enough to support that. Yes, and you're like in the way no matter where you are. Right, and I mean I don't have I, I don't have kids to navigate through that either. So that I'm sure on top of you know trying to manage everything to to watch your kids is is an additional uh, component of that too. Yes, yes, it's funny because I like when I think about it, and after you saying like you you have this and this and this and this you do. But where I get anxiety, it seems kind of silly, like to have anxiety in the grocery store, just juggling my kids and like the other people compared to what my life juggle is. Well, <laughs> yes and no, though, because I, I would imagine maybe it's the same for, for a lot of the performers is that it is a cause of stress. But because the, the joy and excitement of it is so strong, you don't notice that anxiety trying to creep in. Because you're yeah, overpowering it with that, you know, as, as artists, I think that, you know, there's, there's people that get severe stage fright, uh, and they, they just kind of find that gear to put themselves in that just allows them to overcome it and go out there and do what they're going to do and do it brilliantly. Yeah, absolutely. I, that moment, like before you get on stage, um, there's something about that moment. And I think it's, Probably I don't know. I can't speak for all artists, but I know for me, in that that like you're standing in the wing, um, and you're waiting, and you're waiting for your music, or you're waiting for the cue, or whatever it is. That is part of like part of why I do do it. That like mold, that like slight moment of excitement, and then when you're in it, you're in it. But um, I love I love for some reason I like I love that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is pretty amazing. I I find I I understand stage fright because I had it when I was young, but at some point for me at least that just dropped off. And even yeah. uh, you know when I was working with your husband who directed the uh, Still Dance the Stars play that I was in, um, I wasn't nervous at all. Even though I started and ended the show, it was for me. Right. It was just like here's where I go. Here's what I'm supposed to do. I hope I do it well. But I didn't have any like there were no butterflies in my stomach. There was no pressure on my chest or anything like that. It was just here's what I do when I go out and do it. 
it was really strange because I really expected that I was going to be much more nervous than I was. But Marcus is such a great director and he really believes in his people and reinforces that so much that I think that that really helped take that potential away for me. Yeah, absolutely. That helps the, the team or the family that you work with really, I think, helps the dynamic or the, the way the show works and flows from start to finish. Yes. Well, let's talk. Let's talk. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's let's talk about your company now. It is Magical Madness Dance Theater Company. Correct. Magical Madness Dance Theater. Yes. Yeah. And you guys do some amazing stuff. Uh, for those of you guys that are listening, they have a YouTube channel. I'll put that in the link to the show. Uh, a lot of fun videos. Uh, we met and kind of got to know each other right around the time that you were finishing up your Hunger Games parody, which. I thought was fantastic. You guys put so much, especially into the finale with the costumes, the choreography, the, the connection between the characters. It was really just brilliant. Thank you. It was very, very reminiscent of the capital city in the the movie series because they were so prim and proper and they had to be a certain way. And I thought you guys carried that beautifully. Thank you. That's it. Well, and that's exactly what we wanted. That was such a fun that scene specifically was a lot of fun to film and work on mm-hmm. as a whole and getting the opportunity to um, utilize, because we utilize the Smith Center right. for that scene in the lobby. Mm-hmm. And that is just so, you know, where else can you film a capital scene in Las Vegas? <laughs> oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. No, you, you picked a brilliant location. But with your, with your company now, do you do most of the choreography or is it kind of a team effort? That is a great question. Um, I was actually just thinking about this um, today as I was getting ready for our, our event that we have this evening. But um, as a, so I, I like to, you know, I'm the creator and artistic director of Magical Madness. Um, but as a whole, I really see, we work together as a team when it comes to choreography. There are certain things, depending on what we're doing or what we're getting ready for or what we're choreographing, there are certain things that I already have this vision for, certain pieces, but then there's other things where I come in and it's kind of like, this is the idea, this is what um, what the location is like, this is what we're, you know, what I'm thinking about, what what do we, what can we all bring to the piece as a family? Um, and it's really created a wonderful, I mean, I grew up, the girls um, and gentlemen that we bring in and dance with, because it kind of ebbs and flows, there's some of us that stay have been dancing with Magical Madness from the beginning, and then others kind of come in and come out as time goes on, because mm-hmm. life happens, sure, of course. Sure, yeah, yeah. But um, for the most part, I've been dancing with these dancers since college. Um, I brought in, yeah, so I brought in friends of mine from college, and we just, we were like, let's just dance. What do you guys, you know, how do we, we want to keep dancing? How about we get together and we create dances and just meet once a week? Um, and initially we met and started choreographing because we were going to take a piece to Seattle for a festival that happens there every year called Dare to Dance. And my family lives in Washington State, and I was like, well, this will be great. Let's take a piece there and and just do a dance as dancers who love to dance because that's what Dare to Dance is about. It's sure. kind of a it's great little opportunity for people who just enjoy movement and enjoy dancing some people have danced. Some people actually haven't danced. So it's a really fun little event that they put together. And um, we wrote, and it, we 
um, what is it called? We put in our admittance, mm-hmm. <laughs> our audition, so to speak. And it was really funny because the response was like, you guys really want to come here from Vegas to do a piece? We were like, absolutely. Well, yeah, because people people come to Vegas because that's kind of where one of the entertainment capitals. So they figure, you know, wow, Vegas wants to come visit us. That's there's like a, a subtext question that goes with that is like, why are they coming here? Why do they want to be here? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And when we got there, they were so, it was like, it, we kind of felt a little bit like out of place because they were treating us so nicely. I mean, it was wonderful, but it was a mm-hmm. little bit like, we're not, no, we're not anything more than what you guys are. <laughs> right. <laughs> we just yeah. love to dance. Yeah. Um, so it was really sweet. And it was just a great, a great fun event and experience for us. And that is where the birth of Magical Madness Dance Theater happened. It was through that event that I then said, you guys, let's, I want to, I want to keep doing this and I want to create a company and the ability that we can just create our own pieces and keep dancing. Um, and just, and I had this whole vision for dance film. Mm. And that was like something that really um, was really exciting to me was the ability to create dance films and work with other artists. So the big thing that Magical Madness likes to do is collaboration. Mm-hmm. I feel there's, you know, I think more and more it's, it's growing that artists are collaborating with each other, but there was such a divide of like, we're theater, we're dance, we're visual arts, we're musicians. There wasn't a lot of collaboration happening. Right. And I wanted to merge, <clears throat> excuse me, to merge the art together and have more collaboration. So, you know, working with, um, working with musicians, working with visual artists, working with um, videographers and directors, um, costumers, designers, that kind of thing. They're all artists. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring that together. I love that. So that was, yeah. I do. And I'll tell you, what's really interesting, too, and I know that you've seen some of this, is that especially within even our own theater groups, as they've grown, what tends to happen is the very natural progression of, I love this group. Okay, I really don't like that. And nobody's listening to me. You know what? I'm just going to start my own thing. And then it starts branching off and everybody kind of separates and they stop building together. Then it's, Mm -hmm. well, if you're going to work with them, then I don't want to work with you that, you know, you have to have your alliance and all this political crap that goes on. And what really suffers is the art because the art is not being made. People aren't working together. So I love the fact that you're trying to bring more people together because that's what I really think we need. Yes. Yes. And you feel it. I agree. When you watch your dance group perform, here's what happens. You see people working together. You see people that are connected, that have a, a joyful, I'm glad I'm here with you doing this feel it's not watching individual people do their part it's watching a collective piece move together and i really love that i think that's the biggest thing about your your group that attracts me to watch you that's awesome thank you for that that's i mean that's the that's exactly what i want to i want people to feel Mm -hmm. that's exactly what i want and and we've got you know how do I phrase this without without it sounding <laughs> sounding weird? Um, there's definitely been um, moments of 
where something didn't mesh, mm-hmm. you know, with, and I won't say specifics or anything like that, but where stuff wasn't meshing, mm-hmm. um, where you felt that, that tension of not wanting to necessarily um, be part of the family, mm-hmm. um, which is going, which is bound to happen. I think oh, yeah. even in families, there's moments of that. Yeah. Um, but, and it, it's, it's something that I'm definitely like, I, I don't, I can't work in that situation. Um, and so we've had, you know, there's been times where we've had to like, you know, let that, that ship sail and mm-hmm. then move on. But it's, it is such a great, I mean, with the Hunger Games, so we are, we did Sherlock, the Sherlock one. And that one we did, we didn't bring in a musician or an original, you know, original music. We utilized music from the actual, um, BBC show. Right. Um, and then we brought in a director and videographer. And then everything else we did on our own. But with Hunger Games, we took it that next, to that next step. We actually worked with a whole different, um, group for directing and videographer work. And then we brought in a musician to create the music. And it was such a wonderful, collaboration and a wonderful just working like group it all meshed and it all worked perfectly and um the uh, vincent verderami he did our uh, music on that Mm -hmm. um and he did it all he did all of the music on it and we gave him like i've given him some ideas and then i gave him like the fir- I think the first scene what I was able to share with him. I'm trying to remember it was it was so long ago when I think about it now. Yeah, well, you've done so much since then. It probably seems like longer ago than it really was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny to like. It's just it's you want to remember every detail, but it's hard. <laughs> but he, the music he put was perfect, and he wasn't at any. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. he came to any of our rehearsals. I think I filmed, that's what I did. I think I ended up filming some of the rehearsals and shared that with him. But he wasn't on location when we were filming in the locations we filmed that. He did that, but it couldn't have been more perfect. I agree. I loved his score. But it's, it's pretty common that a composer won't be a, a part of any of that. They'll just wait until they get the footage. I like to visit a location when I can, just so I can get a feel for the atmosphere and start thinking about, you know, I don't yeah. know the timing of it. I don't know the dances, but I want to know how to encapsulate this atmosphere into the music so people get that full experience. Yeah. And the connection with actually meeting the people that are doing it. And you kind of feel a little bit more of a personal tie to it when you've met them versus when they're just people on the screen that you don't know. Oh, absolutely. And he knew, I mean, he's known all of us because we go, we all go way back. You know that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, but I agree. It, it's just such a great, yeah, it's such a fun, I love working with other artists. It's so much fun. It is. And everyone is a different experience. Even working with the same people on different types of projects is a different experience. Yeah. Um, but I love Vincent. He's he's such a great guy. And of course, you know, he's, he drums with the Blue Man Group. And, uh, you know, it's funny because he and I are both drummers. We're both composers. But people think that drummers don't know anything about music. And I'm just going to stand up right now and say, yes, we do. Oh, yeah. Drummers know way more than, than that. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's the first thing. Yes. Oh, we know, I, we know so many drummers, and they're brilliant. Are you kidding me? 
I want to do a whole piece with just percussion and dancing. Like, I'm super excited to explore something like that. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. Now you do, um, during the day you work with, uh, you work with children doing choreography at a school. How do you find the, uh, like, how do you switch gears from working with like these seasoned dancers that you've known for years to working with these absolutely wonderful children? And I've had the pleasure of working with you on a couple of those projects. I love the passion of these kids. They're amazing. Yeah, they're so sweet. Um, it's, well, so I've been teaching dance two children ages, you know, when I started teaching, I only taught little ones. So like two and a half to six or seven. And now I teach two and a half to 18 year olds. You know, I don't, so the little, it's always come easy, the, the little kids and, and it's, you know, we do games, it becomes kind of games for warm up, and it just really, it's so much fun. I love teaching. Um, I love teaching in general, but I love teaching little, little ones because of their inhibitions and their ability to be silly and the freedom that they have and that they give, sure. there's nothing that holds them back. They're not at that point where they're embarrassed or they, you know, they feel awkward. Um, so that just has always kind of come easy because I'm goofy and I, I like to be really magical mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and go to those imagination, imaginative places. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then with the middle schoolers and high schoolers, so that was a new, a couple years ago, I said, okay, the the studio I teach at, which is Soul Fire Studios, um, they were like, we really want you to teach a modern class for the older kids. And I was, I'll be honest, I was terrified. I was like, oh gosh, older kids kind of terrified me only because the reputation of a teenager is not, is not always ideal. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, it was one of the best things I did um, because I can have fun with the little ones and we can go to those imaginative places. But as far as choreography goes, you can only give them so much. Like little kid choreography is very simple and basic. But then you take it to that next step with high schoolers and middle schoolers and they're able to do a little bit more. And especially at the studio where they're there because they want to be there, they're not, they're also a little bit less, there's a little bit less inhibition and they're more, um, they're more open to, um, pushing themselves. So that was a lot of fun. And then I realized like, oh my gosh, I can give them real choreography. I can give them real dance. Right. So that was wonderful and it's still wonderful and beautiful. And I, they're like, I tell them all the time every week. I'm like, you guys are my adopted children. Um, so <laughs> I have my dance kids. Um, and then when I took the dive to run the dance program at the middle school and high school, um, here it's a charter school, Doral, Red Rock, which if you're from Las Vegas, I'm sure You've heard of, uh, I always say, I say Doral. Some people say Doral. So I don't, I don't really know. I should really know, but I don't really know <laughs> the exact name. Uh, Nevada, Nevada. Right. You're in the same place. Potato, potato. Um, <laughs> it all goes in the same line. It, it does. It, it's a beautiful facility. I mean, that school, it's not very large, but it's just, it's beautifully done. It's very modern. Um, I was really impressed with the theater, although the theater being also the gym. 
Yes, or the multi-purpose room. Yeah, it causes a little bit of a challenge when it comes to setting up equipment for you know a play that's going to go on for a couple of weeks. But but everything is modern. It's a very beautiful, well support. You feel a lot of support there. Like we do this because we love doing this, not because well the government needs another school, so we're going to go in and do that. I mean, you really feel a, an element of it being an artist school. Oh, that absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, they. I don't know you. You have not seen. Because they've added, we added a whole other building. So now we have the high school building oh. attached. Oh, okay. And they no, have I their own, um, they call it the, uh, oh my gosh, what is the name of their multipurpose room? Student Activity Center. They have their Student Activity Center, which is their multipurpose room. And we actually just finished the gym. We will officially have a full-size gym. So Sweet. basketball games, volleyball games, all that stuff will go in there. And that opens right after um, the holiday November Thanksgiving break. Oh, very nice. That's exciting. So we've extended a lot. But um, absolutely, there. I, I started there about, this is my second full year. I started halfway into there, not last year. I was there last year, and then the year before, I started halfway into that year. Um, oh. And... Was it their first year open? I feel like that was their first year. I didn't know that because I thought you had been there for a while when we did Lion King in 2017. Yeah, I know. Wow. You seem so comfortable. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I mean, I teaching has been, like I said, I've been doing that for a long time. Um, and the kids and that, the musical kids are just so sweet and they just love it. Like, like you said, you can really see their passion and joy and love for it. So it makes, um, it really makes that, that aspect easy. Um, it was not, I'll, I'll be honest, it was not an easy, I thought, I've got this. This is going to be great. I can, I'll be able to just step in and start teaching. It was a whole different world compared to teaching in a dance studio for me um it came with a slew of other challenges and the reason i say that is it was um so i run the dance program it's a dance elective and students choose their electives they choose if they want dance or theater music or art and um they put you know first to the first to second to third choice kind of thing and i was stepping in after another teacher had left so there was an expectation there, um, and most of the kids welcomed me with super open arms, but there were some other kids who didn't want dance as their elective. You know, they, there, was, there were students who just did not want dance, so they, it was definitely a challenge when you're working with kids um, that have danced or still dance and they dance outside at the studio every day, and then you have other students who've never danced and don't even want dance. Right. So it really created another challenge in the teaching aspect. And so I, I'm like, just, I'm, like, I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because the, the older kids that didn't want it, it's not just a matter of getting them to do the work. It's a matter of we have to get them to be comfortable to overcome that embarrassment of things that they're going to feel silly doing or they're afraid people are going to look at them weird for doing it. And that's, that's yeah. a big challenge to add to an Absolutely. already challenging situation. And, and that's, you hit it right on the nose. It's that exactly. Like, I, I know, like, I don't take it. There are certain things, you know, because you spend, I mean, I've danced, I've been dancing, and I've danced since I was three. So I've been dancing for 30, oh gosh, 32 years now. Mm -hmm. And 
And I mean, I went to college for it. I got my degree in choreography and performance and, and it's my passion. And so when you have students who are just, who, who, it, it, it makes it difficult and it does kind of hurt your heart. Yeah. But it did also give me a little bit of a like, I, I am gonna, I'm going to rise to this occasion, and I'm not necessarily expecting you to become a professional dancer or ever dance again, but I'm going to show you um, and help you grow an appreciation for dance mm-hmm. and, and, and at least give you a little bit of a, a creative outlet. And so that was, I took that challenge on. And I'll tell you what, I had, I, I had a student my first year there who went from from not liking me and not liking dance and sitting in like the corner with a hoodie on and hands in the pocket to by the end of the year, not even the end of the year, it didn't take that long, but to, um, to a certain point where he was like, this is my favorite class. Oh, wow. All I did was I just heard him. You know, I, I asked him what was going on and I just kind of tried to relate. Yeah. to him and hear his story and hear, because it doesn't, in the end, it had nothing to do with me or Dan. Sure. It had to do with many other things. Mm-hmm. And so just being a listening ear, and that's, and that's at this age, a lot of these kids just want to be heard right? and just want to be, be listened to. Um, and so being able to do that for students is really lovely, but that's where I say it comes with a whole other challenge when you're in the system, in the school system, and you're you're dealing with a lot of other elements. It's not; it doesn't become just about teaching dance anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It becomes about um, other things. Well, it's part psychologist and part dance instructor and part you know medic and you know uh, part yes. gymnast and everything else. It is all of those things. And, um, so I've grown, you know, I've got, and again, I tell those kids, those kids, they're like, you're like my mom at school. Aww. You're my mom. <laughs> you're my mom. That's kind of feels so amazing though, to, to see the accomplishment and see the change that you're making in these young developing lives and just yes. and do it by doing something that's natural to you that you love and you're just sharing your passion, but you're also spending the time actively listening, which I think is a skill that is becoming a sadly lost art in our world. Um, people usually oh, listen yeah. until they hear something they don't like and then they shut off and they stop listening and start forming their rebuttal. But to really listen, and that's really what these kids need because to, for them to grow and learn, how are they going to do that if nobody knows how to respond to them and you can't respond if you're not really listening? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I think there also is this world, there's such, like the technology and things like that, that there is a lot less of meeting with people and, and, and even as adults, like meeting and having a coffee, mm-hmm. it, it, it's very hard. Like I find that that is kind of a lost art in a way. And I think for these kids too, like growing up in a world where everything is done over a phone or over a computer mm-hmm. is eliminating that communication face to face. Yeah, and I think it's so important to develop that direct skill. I mean, I I, I do a Mm -hmm. lot of my work because I work all over the world, and I do a lot of that, obviously, over the Internet. But there's there's nothing that compares to at least meeting a person face-to-face one time 
so that you have a you you understand that person's energy and their facial expressions and you know when they say something how they mean it because you can read so many different ways when something's written in text versus actually spoken with inflection. Absolutely. And I think it's so important to maybe even just try like doing a Skype session or something with somebody so that you have as close to that connection as you can get and and the work relationship will change completely after that. Absolutely. And I think people I think people still want that. Mm-hmm. Just like I think the kids that's kids want that. We all crave that human connection. We do. And um and that face to face and communication. And that's something I talk about in class because as I've grown like in my teaching within the school, like I've learned like well all of my classes, like you said, not only am I teaching dance teaching these kids how to communicate and they work in groups a lot. We do a lot of group choreography projects mm-hmm. in class. And when an issue arises, which is bound to happen when you're working in a group, I I want to give them that skill of communication and figuring it out and talking through it. Because mm-hmm. I know as an adult, I wish I had, I mean, I'm getting better at it, my communication skills, but I wish I had had more of that when I was younger and learning to navigate that with just speaking and communicating in a way that um, uh, that is not accusing or, or um, I can't think of the word, but it's just in a way that's saying how they feel and like, hey, when you do this, I feel this way. Right, yeah. Or like, let's sit around and listen to everybody's ideas mm-hmm. and then let's see how we can put those ideas together in this piece of choreography. Right. You're, you're really building a community within each group of people because you have to learn to work together, to build together, to feed off each other, to read each other when something's not right so that you know maybe a way to compensate for somebody else. There's so much more to it than just choreography. Mm-hmm. And in life, you're going to find, and I tell them this all the time, no matter what you go into in life, you will have to work with others. Mm-hmm. And some of them you aren't going to get along with. And some of them you're going to mesh perfectly with, but you have to find a way to make that work. Right. Wow. No, absolutely. That's such a key element to success of any kind in life. Yeah. I just had a realization, too, that, like, from my teaching into the company, like, it all, like, comes together. Because in the company, I want to bring people together and work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Create communities. I think that's a very natural uh, thing for you is to, to help people to connect and build and, and make, make it better for everyone else and make it yeah. enjoyable for your audience and, and make people want to keep coming out and seeing what you're creating because you put so much into it. You want people to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that comes from whether you're connecting it's, people. Yeah. And it's something you're creating or something that somebody else created that you're working on or that you're acting in or dancing in. Um, I think regardless of what your role is, you want it to be the best you can be. And you know that, for it to be the best it can be, you need everybody working together. So you have to start with building that foundation. Absolutely. Because if you don't have that, it doesn't work. Even if the choreography is perfect, you can feel when people are connected and when they're not. Oh, yeah. That's, yes. I've gone to, yeah. to concerts where I can tell that well, the band's not getting along because they're not even looking at each other on stage. Right. You know, you feel it. Oh, gosh, yeah. And it's awful. I just told, I just told my class on um, um, Saturday... My modern dancers, I was like, okay, because we're working on a holiday holiday piece because we have a holiday show coming up. Mm-hmm. But I said to them, I said, this piece is so crucial that you feel connected because yeah. they're doing this sort of canon, but it all stems off of the dancer before them. I'm not giving them counts. 
was like, you have to feel each other. You have to feel each other's energy and you have to connect. That's the only way this is going to work and look magical. Yeah. I, I love yeah. that. I absolutely love that. I love your approach because it's, it really is the key to making anything work. And you can't have magic if, if the foundation is crumbling underneath of you. It's just not possible. Nope. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about another one of the major aspects of your life. And you talked about the anxiety earlier on. And uh, and maybe one of the reasons I don't see this is because of the other side of your, your business life and your, uh, and yes. your personal side, <laughs> uh, your magical aroma concoctions. Yes. My, 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 one of my favorite things in the whole world. Um, yes. I, um, I am known as the, the oil fairy educator. And actually it is kind of hands down what you just said. Um, I utilize, um, a lot of essential oils, especially aromatherapy, like aromatically mm-hmm. for aromatherapy purposes when it comes to the anxiety. Um, I have specific oils that I'll, I'll breathe in or wear to help bring me back down to earth and tell me that it's all going to be okay. Yes. Um, but yeah, so my, my third thing, and it brings me so much joy. I get so happy, um, is, um, being a wellness, like I, I am, I'm the oil fairy educator and I specifically educate people on, um, doTERRA essential oils. And I say that with, I say doTERRA specifically because I can stand by the fact that with doTERRA, I can take them and safely say to others that you can take them internally, use them aromatically, and apply them topically to your body. Um, other essential oils I, I can't vouch for as far as um, taking them internally and things like that. Well, even putting them on your skin uh, because that soaks in through your skin, through the pores, and, and gets into your system. So you really need to be careful and, and aware of what you're applying to yourself. Hands, yes, absolutely. And um, that's something I talk about when I share um, when I share about the oils, even like specific lotions with fragrance and things like that. I mean, I've eliminated all of that from my house. And um, you have to be really careful because there's a lot of toxins that come with fragrance and and things like that, whether it's perfumes or um, or like the super scented lotions and that kind of stuff. Is there? And now I know that you typically do a combination of things because you have your infusers, you have your mists, you have your lotions, and you you put them in your food. But do you have a strategy as to when you use a different method? Is it uh, you know? Because I think you even have a diffuser for the car, don't you? I do. I just got a diffuser for my car. I love it. I used it as we were driving. I had to do a an LA drive for my oldest, mm-hmm. and um, as we were driving to LA, I used that. Because I drove there and back again all in the same day, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. I've done that before. I when I was getting ready to move to LA, I drove to um, I can't remember the name of the town now, but I drove from Phoenix uh, six hours to where the apartment was and uh, stayed there for like an hour and turned around and came back. And I and came back. about three quarters of the way home, I thought this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> oh. It's kind of empowering too at the same time. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I can do this, and I've done it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, the drive there and back, and it, it is exhausting though. But yeah. it's kind of nice yeah. to get out of to get out of Vegas for sure, a day. Yeah. Um, but in that moment, I knew I was going to be tired because even though you're sitting in the car just driving, it's pretty exhausting. Well, yeah. Um, so I diffused 
um, peppermint and wild orange. Mm. Those are two great ones for boosting energy, um, keeping you awake, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. So when you don't have multiple cups of coffee in the car, um, the peppermint is really great. And you can even just like some, I've had, I had a friend who did the same kind of thing, drove out, spent the day at Disneyland, drove home, everybody else in the car passed out. Mm -hmm. She was still, uh, you know, she was driving and was starting to really feel tired and she just pulled out her peppermint and was like, and breathed it in (laughs) every couple of minutes. Yep, it does work. And then you can put a couple of drops of that in your hot chocolate when you get home, you know, when you're having a a nice cold night out. Not that we see a lot of those here. So since you brought that up now, I've got to tell you a story. And this will not make me look like the most intelligent person, but that's okay. Uh, I was staying with a friend of mine in Montreal for a couple of days one Christmas. And the first night I was there, she put a couple of drops of lavender on my pillowcase. And that was so amazing and relaxing. When I got home... I thought, you know, I want to do something like that, too. That's the, that just seems such a great idea, and it was really relaxing. So me being the genius that I am, I got out my peppermint oil and put a couple of drops of peppermint on my pillow and didn't sleep all night. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I just, I love the smell of peppermint. I didn't think about it, you know, keeping me awake, right. which it obviously did. And uh, that was the last time I did that. But, uh, you know, we learn. <laughs> no, exactly. We do. And sometimes... Like it, certain smells trigger certain things, mm-hmm. and the fact that you love the smell of it, but you not realizing that it would keep you alert and awake. Yeah, it's amazing. The essence. I talk about this a lot um, as well when I share about the oils, but um, there are hundreds and thousands of compounds in the essential oils in one, like in one drop of essential oil, and that's what makes the essential oils um, have the ability to do so many a plethora of things. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, we talk about lavender and how it relaxes and calms. It also helps with seasonal threat. Mm. So it has, like, multiple multiple things it can help with because it has hundreds and thousands of compounds in that oil. Um, so it's amazing. You, there's one, um, you may look up a certain oil or be looking up a certain issue that you want to help address mm-hmm. and find that this oil does this, that, and the other. So when you take it or when you use it, it might help multiple things that you're dealing with. Sure. Yeah, because the, the you know nature didn't create something to just cure one thing. It usually covers a wider range. It's just we might not know them all or associate everything yes. you know that it does. But I remember years ago, before I went to my first NAMM show in Anaheim, uh, which for th- those who aren't familiar, it's the big musical instrument trade show that happens every year. You have to get approved to be there. It's a, a very uh, private event, but it's a huge event. It's like 350,000 people a year. Wow. And uh, I was paranoid that I would get sick right before the show because I'd been waiting. Ye- I waited 10 years to be able to get into the show. And so a friend of mine gave me these little uh, beads. You know, they, they just look like miniature uh, caplets. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. I, I would take two of those every day. And I, I felt nothing, like no sickness. And I had felt a little scratch in my throat coming on before that. Uh, but nothing happened that whole time. And I thought, wow, this is really amazing. The, it's not just about it smelling good and making you happy. There's actual medicinal purposes here. Absolutely. Yes. You probably, how long ago was it? This would have been like, two. I want to say it was probably 2014, like uh, January of 2014. 
okay. Okay, so it's probably the on guard. Yes. Um, that's so what Tara it was. has the on guard. Yeah, and that's um, that is the protective blend. Mm-hmm. It it boosts the immune system. That is one that we use every day in my household because I teach around a lot of germs and the boys go to school and they're around a lot of germs. Um, it is amazing. And it just really gives your immune system. And then your oldest goes to his show where, where there's a whole nother group of people that he could get contract something. And, you know, even just walking into one of those Vegas hotels, you touch one door and you, oh, know, you yeah. have no idea what's on that. So yeah, yeah yes. you're surrounded. When he was in the, yeah. When he was in the show, it was really good. Cause he also would get to bed so late. Yeah. Um, so having something to give that immune system, the extra boost is so crucial, but that's one that we have in the house all the time. We're always using, um, and it's just a tiny little bead. Yeah. No, there's, there's, there's the beadlets, but there's also an oil. Oh, so it okay. comes in just an oil blend form. Um, you know, you get used to taking these horse pills and you think that, you know, you see this tiny little bead and you're like, well, that's not going to do anything, but yeah, it, it's amazing. Right. Yes. It's so amazing. Yeah. And we're so programmed that if, you know, if we're paying $10 for our dinner, it better be a giant plate and it better cover the whole plate. Uh, otherwise, I'm getting ripped off. And I mean, we have these preconceived <laughs> notions about value that are just completely off the mark. Yeah. You know, so I was I was impressed. I can't take um, horse pills. I actually struggle to take pills in general. Mm-hmm. I have some scar tissue in my esophagus. Oh. So for me, the, um, the beadlets are great, but I, they also have a soft gel, um, on guard soft gel. So it's a little bit bigger, but it has a couple extra essential oils in it. Um, I know the extra ones cause it has all the on guard blend oils, but it also has like black pepper and Melissa oil in it to um, give your immune system an extra boost. Mm-hmm. And I love those. Those are amazing. And the whole family takes those. And then they also, doTERRA, probably one of my favorite products from doTERRA is their vitamins. They have a vitamin and they have, um, so they have a pack and it's three different things. It has their, the most, like the food, whole food and multivitamin. And then it has the, um, omegas and nine essential oils that we should take every day and then another pill which is the cellular health pill and um, those vitamins have changed my life I was never a big vitamin taker and when I decided that I was going to go ahead and take on sharing essential oils and specifically sharing doTERRA I needed to try you know as you would try everything that they have to offer. Sure. So I started taking the vitamins, and they're guaranteed. So doTERRA has a, a 30-day money-back guarantee that if you don't feel more energy, um, more mental clarity, and less pain, you can send the bottles back completely empty, and they will refund you. So I started taking them, and I felt less pain. I feel more energy. Um, my mental clarity is better. I also feel, um, my immune system is boosted more as well. And when I miss a day taking my vitamins, I feel it. Mm-hmm. I feel a, more tired. Yeah. So I definitely, um, the vitamins are hands down one of my favorite things about the oils. I mean, it's hard to say one of my, my favorites. <laughs> sure. I'm like, 
I'm an oil junkie. You are. But but it's great. And, <laughs> In and, a good way. And you come up with a lot of recipes on your own. But I have to ask you, because I noticed yeah. that, let's say, uh, let's say you're a coffee drinker like I am. And I, I, I noticed that after, you know, two or three weeks that, that the caffeine has less and less and less of an effect. And I have to stop drinking coffee for a little while, come back to it. Like, it, you know, it'll like refresh my system and then I can start drinking it for that boost. And uh, I'll often switch to chlorophyll. And I, I, you mm-hmm. know, if you can get used to the taste of it, because it's it's a very unique taste. If you can get used to that, chlorophyll gives you that same boost without the caffeine jitters and, and depending on that to, you know, to keep you going. Have you noticed at any time after doing this for a while with the oils that they kind of lose that edge, or do they really just like keep you at that level all the time? They keep me at that level all the time, um, and it's funny because people have asked specifically about the essential oils because, um, you know, there's. Uh, antibiotics, how people tend to grow immunity mm-hmm. to antibiotics after a certain point. So they'll ask about um, the essential oils in that same way. Do, But because of all those compounds that I was talking about, the hundreds of compounds, your body doesn't have, that doesn't start, it can't recognize the oil mm-hmm. because there's, it's always there's so many different compounds in the essential oil. Does that make sense? Like it's too complex for it to break down. It just goes, okay, I'm just going to deal with these couple things I can register and I'm just going to let everything else go. Yes. Yeah. Because like with an antibiotic, there's only like three to five compounds in the antibiotic. So eventually your body recognizes those after a certain point. Plus I think the difference between something that's genetically created versus, versus something that's just natural, that's been, you know, reformed into something consumable, um, you know, like using real orange and, and things like that. Um, there's probably a difference in what the body's willing to accept there as well. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, so where, if people want to learn more about this, uh, where can they find you? Um, so specifically for the essential oil, they can um well if you want you can share uh, my fa- like my facebook page okay. um with with them i also have an instagram the oil fairy educator it's exactly that the oil fairy educator so i'm on instagram and then i am more than happy to have people reach out to me um via email and i have a website as well that can link people directly to um, my essential oil—it's my essential oil website that I could share with you if you want to share that. Yes, as well. Please do. I'll put all that in the in the show links. And I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. It's been so much fun. You really are yeah. just a, a ball of energy, and I I admire thank you. I, I love and admire your ethic and your passion and the fact that you're really helping change so many lives with these kids and and setting them up for some real good possibilities and for for future not just for success in the industry so much as just success in life you know for for having a good outlook for being open and being willing to be silly and take chances on things it's i think that's about the most beautiful thing you can do for a child oh thank you and i agree i agree completely that that's that's what they need they need to have that freedom whether they become professional artists or not, just being able to experience Mm -hmm. the freedom that art gives us is so important in life. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Well, thank you so much, Anastasia. I look forward to seeing the, you you, you and the dance company again and uh, just, just keep doing what you're doing because it's amazing. Yes. Oh, thank you. I forgot to mention, Mm -hmm. I have, I do have two classes coming up that we can share as well. If you live in the Las Vegas area, 
for um, for the essential oils. Little make and take classes are happening at an amazing place called Pincushion. Yes, downtown. So we can share those in the comments too, if you'd like. Yes, and that is uh, Pincushion is owned by our friend Abby Stroot, who is a fantastic seamstress and costume designer, yes. and just a, a wonderful, wonderful person. I'd love her to death. She is wonderful, and she's an oil user as well. Yes, she is. And you guys, the first one that you did, uh, you played some of my mental sauna music at the at the event. Yes, we should do that again. Absolutely. Oh, anytime. I'm I'm, I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah, we probably will because I know it's always like relaxing. And you have a holiday one, right? I do. Yeah, the Christmas album. Well, the the Christmas album I put out in what was the first year I lived here, so it was 2015. Uh, Mental Sauna Christmas Reflections. The uh, the new Christmas album is uh, Haunted Holidays too. So that's a little bit different of a vibe for 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 the relaxing with essential oils, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's just going to mess with people. Okay, now relax. Okay, now we're going to throw this horrible thing at you. Yeah, yeah. let's not do that. No, no, not at all. <laughs> well, thank you, Anastasia. I hope that you have a wonderful time at your performance tonight, which, of course, I will see you there, and I'm looking forward to it. Yes, thank you so much. You bet. Take care. You too. See, what did I tell you? She is just a ball of energy, and you can feel the excitement in her voice when she talks about every single thing that she's involved in. I mean, that's just somebody who's living their passions to the fullest, and I have the greatest respect and appreciation for that. I think that's what we kind of all as artists strive to do, as difficult as it can be sometimes, because like she said, life does get in the way. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed talking to her. Please make sure to leave a star rating, a review, share the podcast, podcast with somebody help me get the word out to as many people as possible so that we can spread more information about the arts and uh, different great things that are going on in the world see you guys next week